I wanted to be one of the best. And the only way to, to accomplish that was to get better every single year. Like I said, whether it was physically, mentally, uh, whether it's being a better teammate, a better, uh, you know, helping guys out on the field, whatever I could do, I wanted to be better every single year at doing what I did. Welcome to the Gift of Failure podcast, the show that asks one simple question. What has failure taught you? And what can you do with that failure to learn? Join me as I sit down with global icons, leaders from all walks of life, to explore how they have used their experiences to evolve into greatness. Let's dive in. Thanks everybody for joining us today. Um, we have Hall of Famer Brian Erlacher with us today. I mean, started out rookie of the year, eight-time pro, pro bowler, should have been nine for the record. Um, <laughs> one of, you know, one of the most decorated defensive players ever to play the game. And I'm super happy to have him with us. There's a lot we can learn. He's definitely uh, feared by many, but certainly respected by all. Uh, Brian, what's up, buddy? Nothing, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Why, why should yeah, I have man. made nine Pro Bowls? I don't know, what happened? Eight, eight were good. I was happy with that. It, it was great. <laughs> I, just, I just remember that season. It feels like the, the ninth one was, was inching. Yeah, you know, it's uh, the, the ones that matter are the all pros anyway. So the, um, the Pro Bowls are voted on by the fans and the, and the other players and if players don't like you they're not going to vote for you so that's the way it goes yeah when you when you're better than everybody that kind of that tends to piss people off a little <laughs> well, bit i found in my I experience would, it does make some people mad there is some a jealousy factor involved I, I do believe that for sure what is that you know you know kind of having that type of success when you look back on it you know what i talk about a lot or what i think about is people have the success they show it you know people read about it but they don't hear all the bullshit that happened to get you there or the things yeah. that didn't work out or maybe the sack that you missed that maybe no one's counting but you remember you know talk yeah. to me a little bit about the things that didn't work before things started working for you so you said it best you know i, I always after no matter how well i played or how well i didn't play i always think about the plays i didn't make those are the ones that kept me awake at night we, we may win a, a 28 to 0 but i'm always thinking about the play the tackle that i missed the the gap I may have run through, ran through that was the wrong gap. Just there's the little shit that used to drive me crazy because I wanted to be I wanted to be perfect. And it's impossible to be perfect as a football player because the other team gets paid too, so they're pretty damn good as well. But <laughs> I, like I always that. would just get mad at, at the small the small mistakes if there were some. You know, I think that's the only way you can get better is to nitpick at yourself, especially at, at that level. It's so hard to, uh, you know, I was very fortunate to have some good coaches around me, and he was not scared to tell me what I was doing wrong. So it made it easy for me to kind of pick it myself and try and get better. But uh, that's, that's the stuff that kept me awake at night though after games was the stuff that I screwed up or that I think I, I, the plays I think I should have made that I didn't make. So is there, is there a play that, or is there something in your career that a, a play or a sack or something there, something that you missed yes. that turned into something that really fucking sucked that you still hate? Yeah, so Super Bowl actually, two thousand six, we played the Colts down in Miami, and Remember. God, man, we one of our D linemen, I think Mark Anderson, caused a fumble, and all we ever, all our coaches ever preached to us is pick the ball up and run. That's it. That's all they ever <laughs> tell us to do: pick it up and run. Doesn't matter if you if you get tackled, whatever. So my dumb ass, the ball is out and it's right in front of me. I try and dive on it, and there's literally nothing in front of me but green grass to score a touchdown. So I try and dive on it. I knock it back towards our end zone. We end up recovering the football, and we don't score. Offense doesn't score on that drive. But if I pick it up, you know, if, if I'm able to pick it up and run with it, I probably score. So that's the one. And we, we obviously we lost the game 29-17. But 
that's a, the you know one of the plays I think about. Even the first play of that game, Peyton threw a pass, and I went up, and it would have been a great catch, but I just tipped it. You know, it was incomplete, but then they ended up getting the first down and not driving anyway. But just a small stuff, but the, the fumble to me was a huge play because I should have scored. So, so I mean, that obviously sucks, and trust me, I, I share uh, more of those than uh, – I care to admit, quite frankly. So that was so that was 06. You're, you're, yeah. you're in the league. You're in the league 13 years, right? Yeah. 12 or 13 years. Yes, 13. So years. Yep. this is middle of your career. So, so this is middle of your career, effectively, right? Yes. Yep. So did that teach you anything? Like, did you learn something from that fuck up to where in the next six or seven years that you weren't going to dive on a ball anymore? Like, meaning, what what was? Is there something that was learned from that? I have a kind of a point that I'm trying to get to here, if I can. Yeah, yeah, you learn. I learned from it. You know, I think there's those opportunities are so hard to to get to. You know, it's so hard to find a ball in the NFL. The guys don't fumble, so it's hard to get to that opportunity where the ball is right fucking in front of you, and all you have to do is pick it up and run. And my dumbass tried to dive on it, which we got the ball anyway. But you know, for a team who didn't score a lot of points, touchdowns are a big deal. So if, if I get, even if I get tackled in the field goal range, we kick a field goal. So I think just you got to take advantage of every opportunity you get. You got to try and put the ball in the end zone no matter what. And that's what we were coached to do. That's what makes me so mad. We were coached to pick the ball up and run, and I uh, I blew that opportunity right there. No, that it's. I mean, you're talking about it, what, some 16 years later, so clearly yeah. it was still uh, still pretty impactful. And, I, I mean, I, I, I do the exact same thing. Do you, do you think that messing up, like you need to screw up or have some kind of failure in order to be successful, or do you think they're not, like they have nothing to do with it? For, from my experience, for sure you do. You know, I think that's at that level, it's hard to get better because you, you're not going to be successful all the time. I think in, in football or in sports, you're going to fail. That's all there is to it. You're not going to be the best on every player, the best in every game. There's always going to be someone bigger and better come along to kind of knock you off or in that game put you in your place. So business-wise, I'm not sure. I, I You know, I've, I've done some good things. I've done some shitty things. I think more shitty than good because I'm not I'm not, I'm not a super business guy, but um, I think it, it does help. I mean, it's, it's frustrating when you fail, but you kind of have to go through those to get back up on there and, and, get, and make yourself better at learning from those mistakes. Do you think everybody, you know, that's obviously a, a pretty uncomfortable thing to look yeah. at your own, your own failures. Like, do you find that you put more pressure on yourself than anything? Like, cause I assume to be at that level of elite performance, it's all you at the end of the day, right? Yeah. In the end it is you, you know, I, I just wanted to be, I wanted to get better every single year, whether it was, mentally physically i want to get better every year i think and if you don't strive to do that you're not going to get better you're going to maintain you're just going to be kind of in the middle guy i don't want to be in the, in the in the middle guy i want to be one of the best and the only way to, to accomplish that was to get better every single year like i said whether it was physically mentally uh, whether it's being a better teammate a better uh you know helping guys out on the field whatever i could do i wanted to be better every single year at doing what i did did you always want uh, to be a football player? Was there other sports that you played? Like in, you know, I mean, maybe yeah. like middle school, yeah. high school, you played everything. But like, did you, was there ever, I don't know, did you ever want to be a baseball player? Or like have any other, I don't know, I'm just thinking out loud. I loved basketball. So I grew right? up, yeah, man, I grew up, love. I thought I was better at basketball than I was at football. I <laughs> wasn't, right? obviously. Yeah, <laughs> but I, um, you know, I, I excelled at football. I, I, I was a good basketball player in high school and I probably could have played in college if I would have pursued it but not to the level at which I played football. You know, I, I definitely made the right decision playing football, but I loved basketball. It was so fun. You just think about it. You go play with your friends on the weekend. We literally played basketball when I was a kid every all summer, every weekend. But we weren't doing, like, sports when we weren't busy with football or baseball or whatever or track. 
we were playing basketball. Low, we, we had these logos around town, like eight-foot rims, and we'd go play these logos where we could dunk. You know, in seventh, eighth grade, dunking's a big deal. So when you're dunking on an eight-foot rim, I feel pretty damn good. So I just – I loved hoops. It was fun <laughs> for me. I stink now, but it was fun back in the day. So is that a um, – like when you came into your profession, so you talk about that, you know, that love of – that love of basketball – you know, obviously, and being easy to kind of play. Did you, did that transition for you becoming like a pro football player? Cause obviously you loved football at one point or whatever. Did it become a job for you? And like, was it, cause obviously it's work. It's fucking yeah, high paid it's work. job. I mean, it's work. So yeah, how do you differentiate that between I love my job or I love this versus it's work? So I loved going to work every day. I'll tell you that much. All right. <laughs> football was a great job of all time. I mean, I love football. I mean, don't get, when I was a kid, I loved basketball. But the more I played football and the better I got, the more I loved football. And I, that was, I mean, that was my ticket right there. But I loved going to work every day. I loved being in the locker room, fucking around with the guys at practice and the meetings. Um, you literally, you're at work every day, work with 55 of your buddies. And then you have the trainers, the equipment guys, the guys who take care of the field, the lunch people. It's just people you see every single day. Um, and you have relationships with everyone. It's awesome. I used to love it. Man, I get the facility at 615 every day, weight room before everyone got, I, just, I loved it, man. I love being at the facility. It was a blast for me. What about uh table tennis? You still, uh, you still ping play, pong? you still play, you yeah, still play ping pong? Man, we got, I'm looking at my table right now as you, uh, as you bring it up, you know, it's funny. I play with my, my kids, my two youngest kids are pretty damn good at ping pong. So we'll get some doubles game going, doubles games going in our game room here. Uh, my wife played, she was my partner the other night. She's not as uh, let me see what she doesn't play as much as the rest of us. How about that? So she's a little she's bit listening. lower level. Happy yes. wife, happy life. Listen she's getting close. better. I'll tell you what, I was pretty impressed with her the other night when we played, but, uh, my kids are badasses, man. They, um, I watch their games and I get a headache watching the ball go back and forth so fast, but, uh, I love it. It's a great game. It's so fun. And it's, it's a good thing. Like our family gets together. We play ping pong. It's a blast. Do you, do you want your son to keep playing football? Yeah, football. I mean, I love football, man. I love what it gave to me. I love what it taught me. Um, he's a sophomore now. Um, I, I do believe he can play in college. And if he gets his college paid for, even better. You know, if he can go to college and get a scholarship and uh, get free school, I'm all on board for that. But if he doesn't, either way, you know, as long as he goes to school, I'm happy with that. But he, he, he enjoys it. He busts his ass. You know, that's all I care about is don't do something that you don't love. And he loves it. He gets out there. I don't have to tell him to work out. I don't have to tell him to show up. He does it on his own. I like that. Now that's um that's a huge deal. So you said something earlier that you always go for perfection, but like perfection is like impossible in football. And I think it's impossible in life. I think yeah. go perfection is for like, you know, it's not it's not for humans. Like we're made like in, inevitably flawed. So I kind of say, yep. okay, instead of perfection, go for excellence, you yep. know, or or is it better to go for perfection, fall, fall a little short. bit short? Like what what do you think? Like What's Man, the... I, I think there's a level that you can, that you, I feel like people know what level we can get to. And if you get to the level where you're happy, who cares? You know, if you get to the level of football player, you want to be or level of business you're happy at, what's it matter? You know, as long as you're happy and your family's happy, I don't think it matters. I, I try to block out all the outside um, voices, people talking shit or people kind of, you know, with social media these days, it, it's a, I mean, I didn't realize how big of a deal social media was till about two years ago. Um, and I never, and thank God it wasn't around when I played because it, I, I would have been, a. I mean, these guys read these comments. They, I, you just can't oh. read the comments people say because it doesn't matter. They're probably trying to piss you off in the first place. And as long as you're happy, like I said, with how you're performing and I was never happy with the way I performed. So I'd probably be a moody ass anyway, but, um, you just got to get better and, and try and block a lot of that shit out. Um, 
it's like just trolls, man. Like get a job, like go do something what the else. Fuck? I'm with you. What do you sit there and just wait for something to pop up on your feed? Like, Oh, I'm gonna talk shit to this guy. Oh, look at that one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blast him. It's just who, who, who has time for that, man. But it is fun. I will say this. It is sometimes fun to get into it. With people on, on, who DM you or, or talk shit on your photos. I enjoy that quite a bit. So I, uh, if I'm bored, they I'm wouldn't say that to your face. That's for sure. That's exactly what I say. I'm like, I'm like, it's pretty easy to sit there on that behind that keyboard and then you have to me. Oh, I'll meet you wherever you want to. You know, get the tough guys who, and then they disappear. I saw one of these guys talking and I, I definitely don't condone violence of any sort, but he made a funny comment. You know, he said, you know, people that do that and talk shit or trolling on, in, on whatever Instagram or social media yeah. are people that haven't get got punched in the face enough. <laughs> You know, if you say that in someone's face, like a Brian Urlacher, you're going to regret it. Well, it's just they they hide behind their keyboards. It's it's really easy to be a tough guy when you got that keyboard protecting you and and the person will never see it. It's fun, though. You know, I I enjoy it sometimes. It's nice. It's a good way to pass time when I'm on the uh, um, Peloton. I'll tell you that much. It's a nice way to sit there and waste 30 minutes arguing with somebody. Are you still training, like, so kind of post, like post-football? Are you still – I mean, you're on the Peloton. You're shaking your head. Well, I but, do the Peloton I mean, on my days off from um, – from by, so I like to ride in outside in the mountains on the road. We have these canals around here in my house. I ride my, my bike on the canals. But I, I, I'm a, I do exercise, but I don't I – don't, I haven't touched the weight in over two years. I started doing really? push-ups. All I do is push-ups and sit-ups. I, just, I don't have a game That's coming up. Herschel Walker. That's that Herschel Walker, like, yes. exercise. Have you seen Herschel? Oh, shit. If I can look like that, he, he's fi- I think Herschel's 55 or 56. He looks, and he looks incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Look, I saw him at, the, uh, when was it last or two years ago? I saw him at an event. He's unbelievable. He's the nicest guy ever. But so now I'm, I don't do as many push ups as he does, but I do push ups and sit ups after my bike rides. What does rides. he do? Like, I've read different things, like 205. Like, it's crazy. I heard, number. I heard he does a couple thousand push ups, and who knows how I, many. I mean, how do you have no, time? I, I, do, I read that too. Is that true? I do 150, and I'm like, damn, my triceps are blown up. My wrist hurts. Um, and, and it takes me, you know, I do, I try and do sets of 50. So I'll do three or four sets of 50 and then I'll do abs in between. So he must be doing, it must take him like two hours to do that every day. But he I guess if, if he doesn't ride his bike, right. like, so I, I ride my bike for a couple hours. I'm going to substitute that time in for the lack of pushups that I do better. Yeah. But I mean, you're also getting your cardiovascular health and getting all that stuff together. Yeah. So clearly is nutrition and fitness a big thing in your family, like in your home? Like, do pe- are people conscious of that health and exercising and eating? Like, is that something I'll talk about? One of us in, in my family is. This person you're talking to is not conscious <laughs> of nutrition. I like food, man. I don't. That's why I ride my bike so far and do what I do because I love food. So I'm. Tr- I, I am trying to be more conscientious with what I eat and. You know, the older I get, I got to be careful. But my wife is really good at it. She knows, like, she's gluten-free because she has an allergy. So, But she cooks mm. gluten-free food. It actually tastes pretty good, surprisingly. It's great. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't go with great. But it's, it's good enough to uh, – <laughs> I wouldn't go to a restaurant and order it. But it's uh, it's not bad. But she, she knows her shit when it comes to that. My son, I tell him to eat as much as you can. Bro, you're, you're 16 years old. You're 185 pounds. Eat everything. You're going to burn the calories. So eat everything you can. And he does. And my daughter's um, – they're kind of like birds, <laughs> so they eat, they eat when they're hungry. My my middle daughter kind of picks, and she's uh she's kind of picky with her food. But you know, as long as they're they're not getting too skinny, I'm okay. There, there, there you go. Like yeah. so, in this part, you know, what is like what does success look like? You know, for Brian Urlacher at this point in your life, like what is what would be successful Ooh. for you? Obviously, you've had this a crazy, crazy career. But what's the what's the yeah. next thirty years? Like, what does success mean? So that's a, that's a good question. I don't know. You know, I I really enjoyed being a father. You know, when I I play, when I, obviously when I played, I was a father as well. But not I couldn't be there all the time like I want to be now. I'm around all the time. It's awesome. It's fun watching my kids grow up and and kind of 
So I have my oldest daughter is 21. She's a junior at Kansas, KU. They just won the national championship. So she's having a good time right now. My middle daughter is a junior in high school. My son's a sophomore in high school. So I got a couple years left to get them out of the house, I'll say. But I'm really enjoying just kind of hanging back and, and doing – I play a lot of golf. I fish a lot. Um, my wife and I travel quite a bit. And, you know, we hang out with the kids. But um, I don't know. My business – I do – I am involved in a couple of businesses. Um, it's – Always nice when they do well because, I, like I said, I've had so much shit go wrong in, in that aspect with the stuff I've done. But it is, um, I don't see myself ever getting very involved in that because I just – I don't care. Honestly, yeah. I, I don't care enough. and I'm not, I don't feel like I'm – I'm not going to say I'm not smart enough. I just don't want to put the time in to do it. I want to – I'm selfish when it comes to my time. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. I'm selfish. So, so that's um, – so selfishness is something I think about too with, with failure is – so selfish, if you weren't – is it selfish that you take care of you that you can take care of other people? Like meaning, so all the people you take care of, being a father, and yeah. I think about that, it's like selfish, you has that negative connotation, like, oh, he's selfish, or he, like, he's a dick, or whatever that thing is. Yeah. But if you're selfish for you to be better and stronger, and then you provide, does that make you the same selfish? Like, what is that? Uh, what's the difference think, between that? Yeah, I think there's a good selfish and a bad selfish. So I'm selfish with yeah. my free time. How about that? So when, when I have free okay. time, when I'm not doing something with my family, I want to do what I want to do or what my wife thinks I should be doing. So I, I would, um, uh, I'm selfish when it comes to playing golf and, and fishing. I just, I mean, I, I work, you know, I played, I retired for a reason because I, I wanted to do some things outside of football and, I, and I've been able to do that. And I've really, so I told myself when I retired, if I got bored doing what I was doing, I would have to figure something out. Like whether it's be a coach, which I could, I would never want to do, or figure something out to take up my time. And I haven't got bored yet. I still enjoy playing golf. I still like fishing and riding my bike. So I'm, I'm going to keep doing that until I until I get bored. That's um. So what would be what would be failure right now? What would something be like? What would you say? Oh, this is not you know. What would be failure to Brian today? Like at this point in your life. That's a good question, man. So, you know, I'm always scared of is getting hurt. So, if, so in well, my mind, I mean, so, rightly so. so I'm a very like uh, routine guy. Like I'll get up at 630. I'll eat my breakfast. I'll go get on my bike for two and a half, three hours, come home, shower, go play golf. My routines and or, I'll play golf every day, but do something throughout the day. If I was to get hurt and not be able to fulfill that routine, that'd be a failure. I broke my wrist a couple of years ago, riding my bike in Hawaii. I hit a freaking curb and flew a little bit. But I still rode my bike. I put the cast on. I rode it with my – I was able to find a way to ride. Not, not, not in the mountains, but I could ride on the road still. I just – I'm so nervous about getting fat, Ari. <laughs> I don't want to gain weight, bro. I'm so nervous about – um, like because I know I'm not going to get on the treadmill. sucks. It's so boring. The elliptical doesn't do anything for me. So I'm so nervous that if I can't work out or I'm ride my bike, I'm going to be fat. And I don't want to get fat. No, I mean, especially uh, you're going to have to be more uh, gluten-free like your wife to, you know <laughs> – no, I'm not going to be gluten free. I'm going to eat more fruit or more something. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to be a gluten free guy unless I have to. Well, by the way, when did gluten really be a common thing? Like ten years ago, that's when everyone started getting gluten allergies. It didn't exist back that's, in the seventies, eighties, nineties. You know, it's that's what. When I was a kid, that didn't happen. I don't, I don't understand. Like, it just Bread didn't up. exist back then. No, it, uh, it just popped up over the last couple of years. Weird. Now everyone's got it. So gluten was. Uh, Gluten basically didn't exist 20 years ago, right? No, no, just now uh, it's a reason for people to uh, go and order and take an hour to order their food at a restaurant is what it is. <laughs> or so, somebody's how? making money. Somebody's Someone's making money. Well, obviously, it wouldn't make sense if someone wasn't making money over it. 
Yep. Don't make dollars. Don't make sense. But I will say this. My wife, I believe she really has a good analogy because she gets. No, no, no. Stuff. I mean, all it does exist. I get it. I, be, I get no, it. But where was it 20 years ago? That's all I'm saying. You, you know, know, it's funny. People, people just dealt with the stomach. That. So some of my dearest friends are, you know, pretty incredible doctors and nutritionists. And apparently what they tell me is the way that wheat was grown before and the type of wheat and the seed is different than today. Apparently that's oh. the, you know, that's the, okay. yeah, for real. Like, so there's something sense. called dwarf wheat. There's it's something called dwarf wheat that we eat now. That's like mass produced has to do with the seed, oh. how it's raised, the, you know, so apparently the way that it's, you know, wheat is manufactured today is not what you ate 20 years ago, literally. Gotcha. So when you say it okay. didn't exist 20 years ago, it actually it didn't. didn't. I could, for so the I, way, can, I can, I can buy that. I believe that. Yeah. And so, so that's, I can buy that too, because you're like, yeah. okay, if this is something totally different, that makes sense. But now yeah. everybody has an allergy, um, you know, for, um, for everything. everything. Right? I know that, you know, you have to, you know, you have to get back to, um, to your family and have a bunch of stuff yeah, yeah. to do. And, like, yeah, I got my uh, roosters out there making a ton of noise outside. I have I have two questions for you. Yeah. You know, one is you know one is about that routine because I, I love this concept of routine. So, yeah. and people talk about and I've talked about it before about routine and like a ritual. So ritual meaning it's also a routine, but it's something that's really special or sacred or something that you it's important. So is that is your routine yeah. something that you that it's almost like I don't want to say completely spiritual and be all whatever, but is yeah. it something for you that it's like it's very meaningful? Like you, it's not just oh I just go do this, but it's like yeah. something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know, I know exactly. It is meaningful to me because I I've been a routine guy my whole life. I'm up at this like when I played football, I had my routine during the season. I had my routine during the off season. I had my routine. You know, for what 15 through college to the NFL, that was my routine. I struggled when I retired. I kind of struggled because my routine was over. You know, the, I had to find a new routine or a new way to kind of train myself to use my time because I had so much free time. Man, I had to find something to do. But I will say this, the routine I have now, like riding my bike, I put my headphones on and there's no one talking to me. There's no one freaking blah, 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 no phone, nothing. And I just pedal. It's literally the best two and a half, three hours. I'm not going to say the but it's my, <laughs> like my alone time. It's my, uh, my Zen time to kind of get by myself and just pedal. I'm, I'm burning calories. I'm enjoying it. It, it sucks at the same time, but I uh, actually enjoy that time where I'm by myself, just listening to my music pedaling. It's uh, it's enjoyable for me. Yeah, you said it's your, it's your Zen time. So there is yeah. something more than just a root, just a, oh, I just do this, just monotonous every day. There's, so there's something that you really look forward to that has like an emotional connection to. You're exactly. That's when I do all the, if I am going to think, that's when I do my thinking or, you know, shit that happened the day before, or what, I, what I need to do, just get my thoughts in order and and just pedal. That's on my bike, it says pedal, pedal. damn it. Yeah, on my, it, says, it. it says pedal, damn it, on my little, on my crossbar there. So I uh, just, just look down and pedal and hopefully don't get ran over. That's so awesome, man. I'll, yeah. um, my last question for you, I ask everybody that comes on the show, kind of wrapping things up is, yeah. you know, after this success you've had, all these different things you've done in your life, is there one thing, or if there was one thing that you wish that everybody in the world knew, what would that be? Shit, man. That's Whatever a good question. Comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. There's one thing that you wish everybody in the world knew that you've learned in your life or experience that if they knew it, the world would be better, things would be better. What would that one thing be? I, I think this is an obvious answer. I just think nothing's going to be given to you, you know, unless wow. you work for things. Are you, I, I, man, I don't know if you watch this Tiger Woods Hall of Fame induction speech. Did you watch that? I, I saw clips of it. I need to go Dude, watch the whole thing. Incredible. He said something on there and I recorded I it. I love Tiger. It. Me too. But he, he, I mean, the things he does, I mean, 
say what you want to away from the golf course, that dude busts his ass to get on there. He doesn't need the money. Doesn't need it. He's plenty of money. He does it because number one, he's a bad motherfucker. He loves golf. He wants to compete. He's a competitor. If he does, if he can't, if he doesn't think he's going to win, he's not going to play. But he said something in his Hall of Fame speech, and I, re- I rewinded it and recorded it. Something about like if you didn't, God, I have it on my phone here, but something on the line, line lines, along the lines of you didn't earn it, if you didn't put the work in, if you didn't do all the right things to get yourself ready to win, then you don't deserve to win. Damn. It was just, and it wasn't like that. He, he said no, it no, a lot no, more I, eloquently, but it just nothing's going to be given to you. You know, there's some some people are born to the right families. I get that, and they may have a little easier road to success than some people. But you got to bust your ass to get things. If you want something done in this world, do it. You know, you're going to have to put the work in, and no matter what it may be, whether it's business, sports, um, whatever you do, you know, you, you're going um, you're going to have to put the work in. That's all there is to it. I love it, man. There's uh, no no truer words have ever been spoken. Quite frankly, you got to watch the Tiger Woods thing. Are you, you're gonna you, you'll know what I'm talking about when he says it because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hit you. I'm, I'm gonna go watch it tonight. I got literally. chills when he said it. I was like, holy shit, that is the freaking like best thing you've uh, literally recorded. Sent to my son. Said, watch this. You need to pay attention to this because uh, this is the uh, truth. On on that golf course with that club, he is a bad motherfucker. You, you know what's great about him now is he's kind of embracing. Um, you know, he's older, but he, I see him giving dabs to the fans now. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, he's he's finally, you know, because when he back in the day, man, that, that wouldn't happen. He was cool. he was he was honed in, on, on, and he still might be honed in, but it's nice to see him be a little more human and, and kind of give dabs to the fans and recognize that people are out there to see him. Those people that go, I mean, they, they love everybody else too, but they're see they're there to see him. He's a badass. Absolutely, Brian. Thanks yeah. so much, man, and uh, look forward yeah. to catching up with you soon, dude. I'll, I'll hit thanks, you up later sir. after I watch this speech. Yeah, you got my number. Thanks, brother. Take it easy, brother. Take you care. got it. Thank you for listening. To access the full scope of lessons, pre-order your own personal copy of the book, The Gift of Failure, currently available on Amazon and other platforms to come. Until next time, fail on, my friends.